You're, you're, you're listening to TPV Virtual Radio. It's live right now on the Psalmist Voice on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. What's good, family? This is your boy, the Psalmist Voice, aka Pastor Christopher Newton, and you're listening to the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Walk with us, family. Let's go. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go. What's up, everybody? This is John and Sequoia Howard of the Agape Music Group. Hey, and you're listening to the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Let's get it. Let's go. It's the two-time Stellar Award considered, Spin Award nominated. You're listening to The Voice. To The Voice. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. What's good, radio family? TPV Radio is just getting hotter, and we have an all-star lineup just for you. Monday's Conversations with Joe and Jay at 7.30 a.m., Tuesday's Victory Over the Waste of Life with author Deanne Lebrin at 6 p.m. Wednesday's Illuminating Word Ministries with Dr. Apostle Forrest L. Walker Sr. at 5 p.m. Thursday's Real Talk with Pastor Byron Sago at 4.30 p.m. Also, Dorothy Patterson, the reality coach at 6 p.m. Friday's the exclusive interview with yours truly, the Psalmist Voice, by appointment only. Saturday is Saturday's Refet with Sister Lorraine Brown and Roberta Jones at 11 a.m., followed by The Locker Room with Coach D at 4 p.m. Sundays, TPV Reloaded at 2 p.m. with the Familia. Catch all of TPV Radio programming on Facebook Live at TPV Radio. Also, Live 365, tune in and all of our podcasts, social media platforms. Walk with us in relationship, purpose, and promise. And let's go! You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. You're listening to Victory Over the Weights of Life. Over the Weights of War. With Sis Diane LeBrin. Right now on TPV Radio. This is Victory Over the Weights of Life with author and speaker Diane LeBrin. It is Tuesday, October, y'all, time is flying, October 12th, 
2021. My gosh. Soon and very soon, I'm, we will be we will be wishing each other Merry Christmas, and two days later will be Happy New Year. <laughs> this is how fast this year has flown by. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Victory Over the Weights of Life. I am your host, author, and speaker, Diane Lubrin. I am so happy to have you here with me. Before we go any further, I want to ask you to please go ahead and share this message today. This is October 2021, and for the entire month of October, we are shedding light on domestic violence, mental, physical, emotional, financial. Today we will be talking about spiritual abuse because we will be talking about abuse in the church, in the pulpit, in the pews, in the choir stand, wherever the church is, whatever position, please do not be fooled. Domestic violence is everywhere, and we want to give you some hints, some clues, uh, wave some flags at you to let you know, hey, you are going down the wrong path, you might want to turn around, little red Corvette. Please don't move too fast. Be aware so we can help you save your life and the life of someone else. So before we go any further, I want to say again, thank you. We cannot do anything until and unless we invite the presence of the Lord. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory. We bless your holy name because you are God and besides you, there is absolutely none other. Father, we come before you and Lord, never do we want to be in a place of sin because sin separates us from the love of God. So mighty God, right now in the name of Jesus, we repent. Lord, we ask for forgiveness. We ask God that you wash us in the blood of Jesus. Father, we invite you into this program. We pray, God, that your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We pray, mighty God, that your will is all that we want to accomplish in this time and in this place. So we invite you, mighty God. We plead the blood of Jesus over the airways. We come over anything, any plan, any plot from the principalities, from the powers of anything that Satan is going to try to come our way. We reject it and we plead the blood of Jesus over it. We thank you, Lord, for the TPD family. We pray, God, a special blessing, a special covering, a special protection over Pastor Chris and First Lady Shanice. Mighty God, meet their needs. Father, before they even realize they have a need, mighty God, would you meet their needs today? Lord, we pray now for our guest speaker. Mighty God, we pray that you give her strength, give her encouragement. Mighty God, let your words flow out of her mouth. Lord, we remove ourselves out of the way and we say, Lord, have your way. Everyone listening, mighty God, make their hearts receptive. Everyone listening, Father, let them hear you knocking at the doors of their hearts. And today, God, can be the best day of the rest of their life. So, Father, we ask that your will be done and we ask, God, that you have your way. On today's show, we we thank you and we bless you and we receive it by faith in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen and amen. I just want to say again, thank you to wherever you were listening. We want to thank you if you're listening to uh, you're listening to us in the U.S. USA. We want to thank you, Caribbean Islands. We want to thank you. 
uh, Canada, we want to thank you. UK, we want to thank you. Russia, we want to thank you. South America, we want to thank you. Kenya, we want to thank you. Nigeria, Ghana, we want to thank you. We bless God for you wherever you are listening. We want to thank God for you, and we pray that the blood of Jesus keeps you And we ask that you go ahead and call in. If you would like to call in, uh, go ahead. If you have a question, whatever you want to do, we want to shed light. 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 I'm going to say it again. We want to shed light on domestic violence. Too many men, women, and children are suffering from domestic violence, and we want to shed light so you do not have to go through this alone. Like I said, praise God, today we will be discussing domestic violence in the church. Amen. God works. We say God works in mysterious ways, but no, he don't. He works in a way that only he can. It's mysterious to us, but it's not mysterious to him. So let me give you a number. When you hear the program, if you want to call in, you can call in. If you have a comment, you can make a comment. That number is 515-605-9888. Seven three again five one five six zero five nine eight seven three. Please feel free to call in. And now, before further ado, I want you to put your hands together. I want you to stamp on your feet. I want you to pat your feet. I want you to clap your hands. If you can moonwalk, I want you to moonwalk. I say, welcome the woman of God. Woman of God, welcome, welcome. Would you tell us who you are and introduce yourself? Well, praise the Lord and God bless you. I am Apostle Dr. Judah Baruch Penda. Oh, blessed be the name of God. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Apostle. Well, I am the senior pastor of Praise and Worship Ministries Worldwide in Baltimore, Maryland. I am a wife. I am a mother. I'm a preacher, a teacher, a counselor, a lover of God's word, a lover of God's people. I love to preach and teach and counsel the word of God. I love the Lord with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I love my neighbor as I love myself. And I am, I have a passion for domestic violence done in the house of God. That is one of my passions. Amen. Okay, you guys, now, if her voice sounds familiar, it is because we had her twin sister back in June when we did the entire month of June on prayer. Her sister is Pastor Wanda, so this is her twin. So that's why she sounds so (laughs) amazingly, so so much like her sister. Amen. If I didn't catch myself, I was like, I thought I was still talking to Pastor Wanda. Because they sound so much alike. Amen. So, October is the month of domestic violence, or the month where we acknowledge domestic violence. It is also the month where we acknowledge uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And I know that there are victims 
who have gone through domestic violence as well as have gone through breast cancer. So we have some dynamite men and women because, yes, men too can have breast cancer and men too can be victims of domestic violence. So I just want you, when you get down on your knees and pray, I just want you to remember the victims around the world of domestic violence as well as the ones who are suffering from cancer, not only because they're victims of domestic violence, but because the Lord told us that we have to pray one for another. Amen. We don't want another family to lose a mom, to lose a sister, whether it be from domestic violence or whether it be from breast cancer. It's just like uh, Apostle just said, she is a lover of God and she loves her neighbor as herself. And that is the mandate that Jesus gave to us in the book of Matthew, that we love our neighbors as ourselves. So we talk about domestic violence, and I am so happy that I am able to have her here to give us some insight on domestic violence in the church. I have had women who have reached out to me who have told me a little bit about their uh, experience with a man of God in the pulpit, with a bishop, with a prophet, with a pastor, and they will let me know I had to call off the wedding or I had to get a divorce because the man or the woman that you see in the pulpit is not that same person that is behind closed doors. Too many times, and we have an apostle here, and I'm pretty sure she's going she's gonna to agree with that. Too many times we make our leaders our God, and we put God on the side. We look more onto our leaders than we look onto God, not realizing our leaders are just as we are. We are made of flesh and blood. We are to pray for our leaders, but we cannot put our trust in our leaders. Ladies, do not go home. And say to your husband, I wish you was more like pastor. I wish you was more like bishop. I wish you was more like the person in the pulpit. And same thing, men. Do not go home and say, I wish you were like first lady. And I wish you was like apostle. Do not put your husband and your wife in competition or in a place of comparison when it comes. Because you don't know who truly these people are behind closed doors. So Apostle Judah, would you go ahead and would you just let us know how you became or or how did you get involved in in the ministry of what we're going to call domestic violence in the church? Um, I got involved with the ministry of domestic violence in the church because the Lord had to miraculously deliver me from um, being abused from um, I was married to an apostle uh, that was uh, abusive, and the Lord had to miraculously deliver me from that. Amen. From him, um, yes, he was um, a, a public sensation, but he was a private failure at home. Yes, he was a wonder in the pulpit, but then he was a monster at the house. And a lot of My us um, women. Um, that walk alongside men that are abusive, we suffer in silence. And I have suffered in silence from that. Um, But God had miraculously um, delivered me from that. I could not wrap my mind around that there could be people in the pulpit working miracle signs and wonders and then get Mm -hmm. off the pulpit and go home 
and terrorize and torment families. I couldn't wrap my mind around that. But as I um, had expressed that myself, then it mm-hmm. became a reality to me. Wow. And it's very, it's very painful, it's very detrimental, um, especially when um, the woman, she loved her husband, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we try to cover up um, their sins, but that's not what God requires of us. Amen. God tells us to expose sin, not to cover that's up right. sin. Domestic violence in the pulpit is a crime and is also hmm. a sin. And God tells us hmm. in his word that we're supposed to bring justice to injustice. And domestic violence in the pulpit is injustice. God is a Amen. God of justice. God is a God of righteousness. And it's sure. not justice and it's not righteousness. And God tells us to address that which a Amen. lot of us in the body of Christ are not addressing because Amen. he's the man of God in the pulpit working miracle signs and wonders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You guys, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping you guys are listening to this because, like I just said, the man that is in the pulpit, the ones that are praying for the sick and the sick are getting uh, healed. That man is a different man when they get home. And a lot of women, a lot of women will geek for the pastor because they want that power. They want that side of him where uh, I'll be first lady and all eyes will be on me. But apostle, can you let us know when you were, like, if he, if he had to preach Sunday and you guys got into it Friday or Saturday or maybe even Sunday on the way to church, how did you deal with that being the first lady sitting, whether in the first row or on the pulpit? Well, I'm going to tell you the amazing thing about me. Both of us were apostles. Both of us were in ministry together. Wow. It was very, it was very painful. And then one thing about domestic violence, um, it deals with power and control, Absolutely. and you, you're dealing with a lot of fear. So they have you um, in, in a lot of fear. Um, they have you manipulated. They have you controlled, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're sitting there beside him while he's preaching the gospel, but you are in a lot of pain and you are in a lot of suffering. You know, My God. Um, yeah, you're in a lot of pain, you're in a lot of suffering. Um, you're in bondage. You're in bondage. Right. Remember the, the Egyptians, the Israelites, they were in bondage to Pharaoh? Yes, ma'am. Um, you're in bondage to that spirit, that evil, diabolical spirit that that man of God says, that, that man of God is being controlled by, that he allowed right. to control him. Because we're supposed to let the Holy Ghost control us, and the Holy Ghost is love, right? Right. But with those that are abused, they allow that diabolical um, evil spirit to operate through them to try to destroy that victim because God says in his word that the enemy come to kill, steal, and to destroy. God come mm-hmm. to give life and life more abundantly. So mm-hmm. even the spirit of God's going to be in you to bring life and life more abundantly to others, or the spirit of the devil, the spirit of the Antichrist, going to be in you to try to destroy mm-hmm. um, its target or its victim. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, Apostle, one of the things I know when I was married, my husband, he was not saved. So he had a real struggle with me putting God before him. I, I Not all abusers are narcissists, but 99.97% of narcissists are abusers, whether mental, physical, emotional, because they're going to manipulate, they're going to intimidate. Like you said, they're going to try to dominate. So, so those qualities just naturally come with a narcissist. Would you say, as an apostle himself, did he ever come to the place where he said, you know what? What I'm doing to my wife is wrong, and, and, and basically I'm living a lie in the pulpit? No. They're, they are deceived. Wow. And they, they're going to put the blame on you. Narcissists, they put the blame on you, and they don't get to see themselves because they're being deceived. They're wow. blinded by the enemy, and they are deceived. Okay. And they operate in entitlement. See, they taught them. See, the Bible, remember Jesus said in his word, why would you make void? The commandments mm-hmm. of God to love, mm-hmm. to keep as commandments, the commandments of men and doctors of demons and devils and seducing spirits. A lot of Come them feel entitled. This my wife. You know what I mean? Um, um, yes. She's supposed to submit Possession. to me. And they don't, yes. they don't look at the fact that we're supposed to submit one to another. See, they take scripture Amen. and twist the scripture. The Bible said you all take scripture and you twist it. To your mm-hmm. destruction. See that right there? Yeah. They don't take the whole counsel. They take part of it for their gain. See? Come and on. that's what they're doing. They take the scripture. Okay, you submit to me. You love me. But they mm-hmm. don't use the scripture where it says that I, um, that I supposed to love you, cover you, nourish you, cherish you, mm-hmm. protect you. What? See that right there? Mm-hmm. And love you as mm-hmm. I love myself. See, mm-hmm. when, a, when, when, when a man abused... I can truly say that his love for God is void and his love for himself is void. Because when a man loves his wife, he loves himself. When a man loves right. his wife, he don't even love himself he and he don't That's love right. God. Even though he preached God, it does not mean mm-hmm. he loves God. See Come on, man? Apostle. Gifts and calls are out with repentance. When you love right. God, you're going to love your neighbor. That's why the Bible said mm-hmm. love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So if I love God, I'm gonna love my, I'm gonna love myself and I'm gonna love my wife. You know right there. Right. But see that right there. So right. It, it all flows together. All three Amen. of them flow together. The Trinity. Amen. See. So there's a okay. problem with see people. There's a lot of people out there. They love the the work of God. Come on. But they don't love the 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 God Himself of the work. God is Come love. On. God yes. is love. And when you got God's spirit in you, God empowers you to love. See that right there? Amen. And then a lot of us um, won't go to counseling. The Bible said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Why? Because they yes. reject yes. it. They won't get it. Yes. See yes. that right there? As you guys are listening, if you guys want to uh, chime in, don't forget, if you're listening on Facebook, you have a question or you have a comment, if you're listening to us streaming, you don't forget, you're a victim, we're not going to call your name, we're not going to say what city, what state, anything that you're in, if you have a question, you just call, you can call 515-605-9873, 
515-605-9873. You can call. Uh, Pastor Christopher will answer. You can tell him your question or you can however you want to uh, chime in because we want this to be a place of breakthrough and deliverance. We are not just here to gain popularity. There are things more important than popularity, and they are called souls. Amen. They are called souls. The devil knows his time is short. And don't think for one moment that he is not using domestic violence to destroy the family. Because if he can put that man in a place where he destroys the family, he can destroy the mom. He can destroy himself. He can destroy children and even grandchildren. So remember, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. This is why we are here talking and shedding light on domestic violence. It's ugly. A lot of people will never think that there are any type of abuse in the church. I remember growing up, and I would hear people say, man, you want you a good woman? Go to the church. You want you a good man? Go to the church. You can't say that nowadays because there are some men that are just as nasty as a sinner in the world and some women who are just as uh, vicious and vindictive as women in the world. This is why we need clarity and a red or a green light from God that we have to pay attention to what God is saying and what God is showing to us. Uh, Pastor Wanda, uh, I'm going to have Pastor Chris come on. I think Pastor Chris has a few words to say. Pastor Chris, welcome. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. God bless you, Apostle. Welcome. Welcome. God bless you, Pastor. Yes. I had a good time with your twin sister, and like uh, (laughs) Sister Deanne said, I couldn't tell which one was which. We had a whole pitch a couple of months ago. So I'm already trying to keep the banned from playing with you two, Sister Deanne. Y'all about to have church up in here. Amen. So I, I'm, I'm going to try not not to add to the fire, but I'm glad you're in this vein because as a man of God, I take this seriously. And Amen. Sister Deanne knows how I roll. It's all about family for me. I don't care about the prestige. I don't care about uh, popularity. It's about people going back to their first love, which is Jesus Christ. And in this season, and as we're in this COVID, going into the overtime portion of COVID, like I like to call it, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) this abuse in the church has been at an all-time high, especially with men and women that are in the pulpit. Now, this has always been a taboo for me, but this is why this show was devised, because me and Sister Deanne had some conversation in regards to the abuse that goes on in the pulpit. Now, you'll be surprised. You got your man and woman of God. They up there mm-hmm. preaching the house down. They got people training the spirit. They got the choir singing. Everybody laid out. Everybody going to the buffet after church because they worked up a sweat. <laughs> and then 
when you get home, you got a whole nother can of paint because either he going to say you didn't preach that right, mm-hmm. or he going to say you didn't cut that rug right. So, bang. See, see, we don't talk about that stuff. See, we look at the prestige and we look at the, the man and woman of God. They look so blessed and highly favored, mm-hmm. but do you actually pay attention to the movement? Because I've Come seen on. some first ladies, they rocking, but they not rocking because the spirit is hit them. They're Come rocking on. because they're in pain, pain. or they're wearing yeah. an extra shawl around their shoulder because Come there's on. some bruises around <clears throat> their collarbone or their neck <clears throat> or they're wearing extra coat of foundation. I'm not saying that to be hmm. funny, but they're wearing that extra coat of foundation around their face. And they got their glasses on that have the tint on them. Y'all know those glasses mm-hmm. where they turn, with, when they see sunlight, they turn a little dark. And when they don't see mm-hmm. sunlight, they turn back to glasses. And they got some that goes a little bit of tint when you're indoors. So we mm-hmm. see a lot of first ladies wearing those transitions that's what they're called see we see that a lot but we overlook it because we don't want to cause no problem in the Mm -hmm. church we don't want the tide to stop we we don't want nobody to say something because then we gonna lose members in our church see let me stop see because i'm telling y'all not to preach but I'm about to get going right now because, see, this particular subject, Apostle, really gets yeah. under my skin because nobody wants yeah. to talk about it. No one wants to preach about it. No one wants to rebuke that spirit that's in the church. See, we got the spirit of Jezebel, but we okay with that. We got the spirit of homosexuality. We okay with that. But no one's going to talk about the spirit of domestic abuse and verbal Abuse. No one wants to talk about that because we don't want to cause no issues. Okay, you know what? Let me stop because I'm getting too excited. So I'm going to leave y'all ladies alone before I end up preaching this whole thing. So back to you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise God. Pastor Chris always getting lit. Pastor Chris getting lit. Amen. And that, this is why I thank God for this radio station. Because it gives us a voice that other social media platform does not allow you to speak on certain things. And when you hear of certain messages, there are some pastors that will come against you. I, uh, Lord, I don't want to put that in a negative way, but this is when my eyes were opened in regard to domestic violence in the church. I remember... When Prophetess Juanita Bynum went through what she went through, I remember looking at her husband and I was like, this is a bishop. This is a bishop. There is no way anyone could have ever said to me, this man would treat this woman. That These people are known worldwide. You are known worldwide. And 
And because we think what we see again in the pulpit, that's how they are 24-7. It's not so. I know of, of pastors who talk so down to their wife, who are in so much control of their wife that their wives don't even have their own opinion. It's always, isn't that right, baby? And my baby is this. And you're going, they always put the words that they want their wives to speak in their mouths so their wives are always in a place of control by them. And and let me let me just give this number again, 515. You guys, anybody want to call in? 515-605-9873. This is, this is such a crucial time in our lives. Again, like Pastor Chris said, since the shutdown back in March, the lockdown back in March, domestic violence in the home have risen over 50%, over 50%. And that's not even all the calls that are coming in because what the first lady will call and say, bishop, pastor, apostle, evangelist, prophet, such and such, are, are, are putting their hands on me. What pastor is going to call and say, my wife, the first lady, have just slapped me, have just busted my mouth. We stay in a place of darkness. We stay in a place of deceit. And wherever there's darkness and deceit, there can be no healing. So again, Apostle Judah, I just want to thank you so much for being here. Now, when you were going through with your ex-husband, did anyone ever come up to you and say to you or commented to you, hey, I know what's going on? And how did you react to that? Okay, because the the man or woman of God operate in gifts like that, and mm-hmm. when the one that's being abused try to go to the church or try to go to other leaders to try to get help, mm-hmm. they get victimized all over again because all of it seems like they are not believed. See that right there? Oh, he cannot mm-hmm. be possibly doing this because they're looking at the gift, but they're not looking at the character. Come you know on. I mean? And that woman get victimized all over again. See? Go, she, and they're, and, they're, and she, she's crying out, but then they tell her, pray about it, sister. Instead Amen. of bringing accountability to it, they'll tell her to pray, pray for it so he can continue on in error, mm-hmm. operating in God's gift, but ap- operating... In, um, and ever see that right there. Hmm. So and then mm-hmm. a lot of times, um, the victim is victimized over again because they they put the blame on the victim. See that right there. Yes, yes. See, so they so it it it, it is it is very um um hurtful. But I'm gonna tell mm-hmm. you, there's a God that sits high, and He looks low, and it and uh-huh. there is a God that knows how to deliver the one that's being abused and know mm-hmm. how to deliver the one that's doing the abuser if the abuser wants to be delivered. See, if, if you want to be mm-hmm. delivered, God's going to deliver you because he comes to, to heal and he comes to deliver. But the question right. is, do you want to be delivered? And you God is it. coming to deliver the victim. I cried out to right. God. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell right. you that you, you, you are going to have to come and deliver because that when I was in it, I was suicidal. I was homicidal. Hmm. I was Jesus. depressed. Yep. I had to be hospitalized. 
I was on oh, all kinds of psych meds. See that right there? All I had was death on my mind. See that right there? Right. Because of the torment and because of the uh, uh, mental abuse and the physical abuse and the sexual abuse and the financial abuse. See that right there? Hmm. And, uh, but, and, hmm. but, but the whole thing of it, the enemy was using him. It could use him or her to destroy, to come to try to destroy the victim. Amen. It's very Amen. detrimental. You know what I mean? And God, God says in his word, I know how to deliver you from the violent man, and I know how to deliver you from the violent woman. So if there's anybody out there that is being abused, mm-hmm. cry out to God. God will heal, and God will deliver. When I was in the hospital, and, um, you know, when you go to the hospital, because it causes all kinds of um, physical ailments. ailments. I'm, I was mm-hmm. young. Mm-hmm. I'm young. And the doctor was like, you're too young to have heart problems. You're too young to have mental breakdown. What's going on? They were trying to figure out, are you being abused? Because, you know, wow. back then you're thinking, oh, it's just physical abuse, just punching. But mm-hmm. emotional abuse is just as worse as physical abuse. It's even worse. Yes, it is. It's worse. And it caused all kinds of physical problems, mental mm-hmm. problems, physical problems. So when I was in the hospital, they were trying to talk to me about it. So it's like, they, I thank God for they got signs and stuff up when you go to the hospital and stuff like that about are you being abused right. and everything. And I called right. the hospital. I asked the hospital one day. I said, how do I get out? And I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what she said. Mm-hmm. And I thank God for you and the pastor that has a passion to give people knowledge and understanding of domestic violence. The, yes. the one thing she said to me was, learn your way out. See that right there? And Learning I went and I hung the phone up and I saw studying and studying and studying about domestic violence. I saw studying about narcissistic behavior and relationships. Mm-hmm. I just started studying. Mm-hmm. Start getting books. Amen. Oh, blessed be the name of God. I start studying. I mm-hmm. worried about it. Amen. Oh, blessed be the name of God. There are great men and women of God out here like you and pastors such as yourself that are enlightening the people about domestic violence. And I Pretty learned fun. my way out. See that right there? Hmm. Knowledge is yes. powerful. See it right is. There? Yeah. And this is the Nine out of ten, you don't, I'm sorry, nine out of ten, you don't even know what's happening to you until you study. You and you're like, oh, my God. And then you got, you got household rules. You got um, domestic mm-hmm. violence hotlines. You have um, domestic mm-hmm. violence support groups. I start going to um, the household rules. Domestic violence um, support groups. See, right. I start studying. I wanted to live. I didn't want to die. You know what I mean. Right. But if I didn't, if God didn't come and see about me, thank you, Jesus. I love you so much. You Amen. know, thank you, God. I would have perished like so many other of our dear sisters and brothers that have perished in this. Amen. Amen. Now, this is one of the things I always ask our guests when they. When you first met him, did you see any signs of abuse? Did you see any signs that tell you he was a narcissist? And when you saw those signs, what did you do with them? It's called love bonding. They they are sweet and kind and and and, and lovable and and all of that. Mm-hmm. You know what? You do. Can I be honest with you? God Go is not going to have you to be ignorant. Nope. Number one. You, the signs are 
or we have some kind of trouble. The signs are there, yeah, but we hmm. ignore the signs. And I'm going to tell you, you know, people around you will say, wait a minute, hold up. I'm not sure about him or I'm not sure about her. Right, right. Your children right. will tell you. Your friends will mm-hmm. tell you. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because God is not going to have you to be ignorant. But you know us, not all of us, but you know, well, me, I'm just going to use me. No, I just love him. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. love him. You know, you just really don't know him. But God, yeah. God has people there for your life. He have your children yes. there for your life. He have your mother, your father, your pastor, your bishop for your life. He have your friends there for your life to let you see what you're not seeing. Because you're being loved yes, on. Ma'am. They yes, join you in. You know, yes, but your ma'am. family's not being loved on. And they just they, hey, listen, you know, why? And they see clearly. Something. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes. They can see clearly. See, this is this is a word that many many women don't think about. The the or they don't even know is the word love bombing. They they don't understand that. They oh my god, he's just so sweet. Oh my god, I mean he's the first voice I hear in the morning. He's the last voice I hear in the morning, girl. Oh my, and he's just so sweet. And they have your head just dizzy. They are just, it, it's like the magician, you know, look at this hand, but don't look at this hand because this is the hands that are going to flim-flam you. And those are what abusers do. They flim-flam you into thinking that there are everything in a man or in a woman that you're looking for. That's why they are quick to ask you or they want to know about your ex about what happened in your past to see if you had anybody like them or in their own minds, they think they're always better than whoever it was. So they have to make that other person look bad enough so you can think that they are all that you need. These 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 uh these people they, they praise. They are great profilers. They are predators. If you listen to the show, I I say it, and I will continue to say it until the light goes on and you see it for yourself. These people know how to a victim. If three women are in the mall and there is an abuser, and and he has he have he have perfected his craft. Some of them they don't even have to perfect their craft. They they were just born evil, so it's just a natural gift from their father, the devil. But they can see three women walking, and the minute they say hi, and, and whoever answers, whoever doesn't answer, he already knows which one will be his next victim because the strongest will look at him with an attitude, cut her eyes, and, and like, what do you want? You know what I'm saying? So that's the first yeah. person he's going to get rid of, the strongest person, because he know if he leaves that strongest one in you, in, in your midst, you can, they will not be able to control you. So they'll get rid of the strongest one. Then the second one will the second strongest one, and they will put you in a place where they separate you from your friends, from your family, from your church, if you're going to school, they'll even find a problem with school because they want to completely control every aspect of your life. So if they tell you, I love you, I love you, and their actions are saying to you, I don't love you, do not listen to their words. Pay attention to the action. Anybody who's trying to control you, especially anybody who's trying to keep you out of the house of the Lord, 
that got to go. This is the biggest mistake I made with my ex-husband. The biggest mistake. I just thought, he's like, well, Bible study at night. You don't have to go to Bible study. You out there. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, because they know how to tell you the words that you want to hear. Forget sweet talk, honey. This is all a honey talk. And they, they will make you feel and make you think, I am just so worried and I am just so concerned. And especially if they live a distance away, if you get in an accident or if something happened to you, it'll take me 20, 30 minutes to get to you. And I don't want you to have to endure this by yourself. And they will make it look like, oh, my God, is this, is this, is this a regular man? Oh, my God, is this an angel? And women, especially those of us who were abused before, and we find this man and we're thinking he's Prince Charming. We release everything that we knew. Every guard that we had placed, we just dropped them. Every wall that we had built up, we just dropped them because we're thinking, oh, okay, he is not like my ex. So therefore, I don't have to worry. I don't have to be on guard like I used to be. But let me tell you, if you find one, Pay attention to the next one because they are no different. They might come in a different style because that's how the devil works. The devil has no new tricks. He will come from the left. He will come from the right. But he is coming for the same thing, to steal, to kill, and to destroy you and your life completely. Now, uh, Apostle, did you did your twin sister see... Did you, did you talk to your twin sister? And if so, what did she say? And, and, and why is it did you not listen to her? Because, number one, um, a lot of times women, um, and men too, that are being abused, they, they, they pretty much don't tell. They pretty much try to work it out, pray it mm-hmm. out fast. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They pretty much don't tell. The family member be trying to tell them you need to come out of that, but right. then you don't come out. See, so yeah, so you got the voices that's telling you, you know, you need to come out. You don't want to be treated that way and stuff like that. No, I'm gonna pray about it. No, I'm gonna try to work it mm-hmm. out. No, I'm gonna fast. You know what I mean? I love mm-hmm. him. He don't love you, or she don't love you, but you love. I love him. It's called. Um, right, right. Here's another word: trauma. Wait a minute. What is it called? Uh, Love bombing, trauma, love, tra- trauma, love, trauma bomb. That's when the abuser falls in love. The abused fall in love with the abuser. Huh? See that right there. Mm. So you know that, that, that's called it's a word for us. And I, I said tra- um, trauma bonding. That's when the abuser, oh. the, the one that's right, being abused, right. she falls, he or she falls in love with the one that abusing them. And I'm gonna tell you, I get right. so much fear. Like, my sister came over to my house one day and brought me out of the house, and I was so in so much fear, and I was so manipulated and brainwashed. I was like, no, I got to get back home. I got to get back home. I want to go back home to him. I want to go back home to him. That's the, that means right. the abused person has fallen in love with mm-hmm. the one that was abusing them. Yes. And see, people yes. can bring you yes. out. It's... People can bring you out of it. She was bringing me out of it, you know, trying to bring me out of it. But I was like, no, I want to get back home to him. But but I didn't have that education like that, you know. Right. I want to get back home to him, and I went right syndrome. back. I went right back to the abuser. 
yeah, the Stockholm Syndrome, where you start empathizing and you start feeling bad for them because they, yeah. they, they make you feel guilty and, you you know. So I yeah. have a, a young lady on the line that would just like to say a few words. Uh, Apostle, would you mind if we just welcome her? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Uh, Apostle Wright, would you... Uh, we welcome you, and just tell us a little bit about yourself and what is it that you have to say. Praise the Lord. How you doing, family? I'm doing great, woman of God. How are you? I'm wonderful, wonderful. It, it was good hearing you um, share, um, Apostle Judah. Um, and when you asked me, you know, I just thank God for allowing me to be here tonight, you know, to mm-hmm. come to listen, but also participate and I was thinking about, you know, when you asked me did I, what I'd like to share, I was thinking about um, when I was in the world and I wasn't saved at the time, and I was also a victim of domestic violence. And um, mm-hmm. I had forgotten about that, you know, and it had wow. went so far where though the person that was abusing me, I had got so tired of him, you know. I used to always say, well, I'm going to be happy before I die because I knew that he was going to kill me, you know. I knew that it was no way out of this, you know, because he was real violent. I mean, he would keep me and my children in the room and tie the doorknob up and feed us through the door and wouldn't let us out and his mother never knew we was in there and he would make us be quiet. And when she learned that we were in there, she was so afraid of him, she wouldn't even do anything. Um, wow. And I remember this particular day that um, I had went out and, you know, I was in the world, so I was drinking and, and one of my friends said, look, he's looking for you. And it was the summertime, about 90 degrees, and he had on a trench coat. And she said, look, hmm. he walked around with a trench coat on, he got something in it, and he said he's going to kill you. And I'm drinking and I'm, I'm, and, and, and I'm saying, girl, I ain't worried about him. I ain't worried about him. So when I get in the house, when I go upstairs, I noticed he had broke my door, the window to my um, the front door. And so mm-hmm. I goes in the house, and I had a babysitter. And he was sitting in the living room, and he had them in the chair in the living room. And so I go in there, and he was telling me that everybody was going to die this particular night. So my God. God gave me the strength to get him to, leak, to let the, you know, the babysitter out and her friend. So in the process of me, they leaving out, I said to them, I said, call my sister right. and tell her what's going on. So I knew if she would have got to my sister and my mother, they knew mm-hmm. that they had to come. And when they come, they had to come correct because either he was going to kill me or we was going to kill him. And that's how mm-hmm. bad he had gotten. So when the family came in, came in with a young man, because I had met a young man and and my sister began to tell this guy, well, she got a friend and he's beating her and everything. He never said one word to me, but I heard what this guy be doing to you. And I mm. and I lied. I said, he ain't doing nothing to me. He said, yes, he is. He said, but I guarantee you he won't do it no more. So mm. when I got home, the guy had came over. They brought him. And when they brought him in, when they came in, he said, I don't know why you put your hand on this young lady, right? Hmm. Um, and he proceeded to say, pop him. Now, in the olden days, pop him meant shoot him when I was coming up. So they was right. like, pop him. And I said, no, 
because they're going to know that you did it in here. Just throw my right. Um, when I met him, he was not that type of person. And matter of fact, I never really liked him. It was only because of my mother. You know, he was older than me. She was like, he got some money and he'll take care of you. And, you know, right. Right. And, and that's why I started talking to the man. And he became abusive. He was he was so jealous and so insecure. And, and I was real wow. afraid of him. And I wouldn't tell my mother. And then when I did tell her, she said, it's going to be okay. You know, he ain't going to mm-hmm. do it no more. You know, mm-hmm. but he's going to take care of you. And nobody's going to take care of you and the kids. And this particular night, when they came in there, i never forget that. After I left, after they was fighting and everything, I left. The police came looking for me and said, um, what happened? He's in a coma, fighting for his life. Mm-hmm. And I said, nothing happened. They was fighting and everything. And I, they were struggling. And he took me back to my house, and it was blood all up and down oh my, my wall. God. Oh, my God. They had stabbed him up. And I'm going to tell you. When I got saved, after I got saved, and they told me he had died, not from that, but he had died, I'm going to tell you, because of the trauma and what he took me through, I really mm-hmm. wanted to know that he was dead. So I didn't go to the funeral at the time for him. I just wanted to go there just to wow. make sure he was gone. And when right. I stood at that casket being saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, I never hmm. forget me lifting up my hand and praising God. And when they came to me and said, I know that you hurt, I looked and I said, not because he's gone, but because he'll never be able to take yeah, another but... woman when he took me through. Woo! So I know my what it's God. like to be a victim of domestic violence. And when I got saved, yes. I got mad. And I was just thinking, I was, I was a bruised while I was preaching the gospel and forgot mm. about it. Cousin would come to church and try to stab me. And I remember the pastor, Israel Baptist Church, he used to say, give me six men. And we going outside. And he would come in there and my mother would always say, don't kill my baby. And I would be Jesus. going to church and he would follow me and say, you know, I'm going to kill you, but I got to come in the church. And he would come in the oh church and some drugs. That was a demon. And he said, she's going to die today. And them old mothers in that church say, not on my watch. And he used to say, I'm a killer. You know, and so, and I saw the signs. But in the beginning, they'd be so nice. they say all the things so nice. you never heard before. Mm-hmm. You know, all the things you've been waiting to hear. They mm-hmm. saw with a smack. I didn't mean it. I'll never do it again. And then it was the fist. Right. And then it was the dragon. And it was the stomping. And then it was me being in a fetal position and couldn't move for days. And Jesus. afraid to tell my family what he was doing. Jesus. So I'm expressing that now. I'm going through something like this. I'm going to say this and be quiet. I'm going through something. I have a granddaughter in my home now. And she was a victim of domestic violence a couple of weeks ago. And she's Jesus. about 18. And the guy was 27. She lied about his age. And she was involved with him. And he beat her so bad that he took her to the hospital and told the people in the hospital that she was blank. And when she walk around here now, she got all these marks on her legs and her arm, and he would beat her. She said he beat her so bad she couldn't even see. So now she having problems seeing. And um, I took her in, and he would come here. And the last time mm-hmm. he came, I said, don't you ever come near my brother. Because right. God, I said, but drop you before you make it up to the top of my steps 
in Jesus' hmm. name. And hmm. you know what? He ain't come back. Hmm. And he stopped and no better. Because he knew God was not playing with him. And so now yeah. he's a part of And um, it's something. It's something to be saved and, and in church. And, 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 and that man was so crazy. I would say, I thank God that I'm saved today. And, and I was divorced. And he would come to church right beside me. Say, I, thank, I, I thank God I'm saved and I'm delivered. And this is my new husband. And he would raise his hand and say, I thank God. I don't care if she got another husband. I'm still her husband. So you know he had a psychological problem. A demon. Yes. That was a demon because he was saying, this is my wife and I ain't never letting her go. And she, if I can't have her, ain't nobody. In the church. Hmm. Yeah, and if Again. I can't have her, ain't nobody gonna have her. This may be the last time you see her, and guess what? Every time the police were called, they would always say, "Well, did he hit you?" I said, "He threatened to kill me." It was never enough. Yeah, I never had enough. The laws been. have to change. Yes, the 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 laws, the laws have to change because I've had so many women who reached out to me. And they will tell me the police will actually come to the house. And the police, well, just like uh, Apostle Judas said, they re-victimize the victims all over again. And the police will ask, you know, what did you do? Basically, why did you provoke him? And basically, whatever no. you got, you deserve. And I've had women who told me that they are in, in court proceedings. But the court cannot find or the court will not find their husbands or ex-husbands guilty because their father is the chief of police or a lieutenant or something, something. So a lot of the victims out here, it's not that they cannot get help or they don't want help. They they get to be re-victimized. It's just like Apostle uh, Judah was saying, you go to the church leaders. And you would say to them, yes, he is an apostle. Yes, he is, he's, he's a prophet. But this is what he's doing to me when he's not speaking in tongues and laying hands in the pulpit. And they will look at you, and they will look at him, and they will take his side. And I hate to say that. I hate to say that. I hate to say that. But we know truth is truth. And there are a lot of churches where they are still in the mentality of the good old boys club. Amen. They are still Amen. in that mentality where there's the good old boys club. Oh, this is pastor. I'm a pastor. No, this, this ain't happening. There's no way I'm going to come against him. I remember my ex-husband, when, uh, when Apostle Jude, uh, Judas made that comment, it came to my mind, but I didn't say it in regards to, to the church and how you're supposed to love yourself, your, your wife, and, and, and how you, you, know, you as a wife supposed to love your husband. I remember this one time my ex-husband came home, and he told me, he said, uh, because I am his wife, I am, a, I am supposed to obey him. The Bible says, wives, obey your husband. And then I proceeded to tell him, well, did you read the part that he said, husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church to the point where he even gave up his life for the church? This Hello. Negro said to me, he said to me, yeah, I know I'm not doing it, but you're still supposed to do what you're supposed to do. And then I knew, then I knew I had gotten myself in something, and I did not realize how 
deep that pit was, how deep I was in. And this is why we talk about domestic violence, ladies and gentlemen. Please listen to what we're saying to you. We're not saying this to you because we're looking for pity. Because we've been delivered, we've been set free. God have healed us. We are telling you these things because we know the consequences of what can come from domestic violence. One in every eight women will die at the hand of their abuser. Every eight minutes. So we, I don't even know how long we've been on this, on this, on this call. Every eight minutes, there is a victim that is losing their lives to domestic violence. A few years ago, I did a research just for the city of Dallas, not Fort Worth, not Arlington, not Grand Prairie, not Houston, not none of the other cities, just for the city of Dallas alone. And it was the equivalent to one death every day from domestic violence in the city of Dallas alone, not in any of the suburbs, Mesquite, Lancaster, DeSoto, none of them, just in the city of Dallas alone. That tells you. Women and men are dying every day. Domestic violence is not something for us to play with. It affects the entire community. It affects the church. It affects our school. But people don't believe that because they think, well, I did not grow up in a house where there was domestic violence, so I don't have to worry about it. So this is the question I'm going to ask Apostle uh, Judah and Apostle Wright. Were there any type of domestic abuse in the house where you guys grew up in? Yeah, yeah, I, yes. Um, my father yes, was very, too. my father was very abusive to my mom and very abusive to his seven children. My father was a Baltimore City police officer. My father was a police officer at school. My father was a, uh, um, a, a public sensation. But when he came home, he was a monster. Wow, he was a yeah. police officer. Yeah. He was a Baltimore City police officer, and he was a Baltimore um, a Baltimore City school officer. Wow! And everybody loved him. Everybody to know him. See, with these people outside the house, to know them is to love them. But at yeah. home, the wife and the children gets to see the monster. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. But outside, yeah. you know what I mean. He's a wonder, enormous to love. That's why it's so hard for people to believe you when you when you tell them that you're being abused. Yes, um, I moved yes, into the community ma'am. with my husband, and because my husband was um, in that community for so long, right? When I was married to him at that time. Now watch this. Now his neighbor across the street, she was a husband and a wife, right? Now check this mm-hmm. out. Now because they was his neighbor, right? And because I'm just moving into the community, right? Now, we had a little issue, you know, when I was married back then. And he went over there and told his neighbor about, because the police had to come to the house. And then they, he went over there and talked to the neighbor. The neighbors mm-hmm. came, not the husband, the wife. And, I, and it, it's hurtful because I was like, my God, how can another sister be, you know, you, you, they get poisoned. Remember, remember the people who went to poison the people against Paul? And I'm yes. like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? You didn't even get a chance. I was telling myself, I said, Lord, she didn't even get a chance to know me as a woman to another woman as a neighbor. She listened to my husband. Wow. See that And she started treating wow. me with contempt, not her husband. Her husband, like, he was like, I'm minding my business. I ain't getting none of that. But the, but the mm-hmm, wife, a mm-hmm. woman to another woman. So not only mm-hmm. are you being victimized by another, by other men that may be um, um, abusers, 
you are even being victimized by other women. You know right there? Yes, women ma'am. pray about yes, it. Ma'am. You know what I mean? Women, yes, are, women that are being abused in the church, they are literally being victimized by other women, too. But other women? Absolutely. Absolutely. They don't Absolutely. know who they are. See, it's, it's, it's so right. important. See, let me tell you something. It's so important that you know who you are and whose you are, and it's so important to know that God did not create you to be abused. It's so important That's that right. you learn to love yourself. It's so important That's to right. know that you can't be husband-centered. You have to be God-centered. And what we do, we don't know. What we do, we idolize our husbands when we do that. When we allow our husbands to come and, and abuse us like that, you know what I mean? We are um, husband-oriented and not God-oriented. See, right there? Amen. So that's why God is saying, don't put nothing or no one before, before him. Me. No husband, mm-hmm. wife, children, nobody. You love everybody and you respect everybody, but you don't put nobody before God. Okay. You know what I mean? You know, I know okay. you, you're a wife and you, you, you know you want to love your husband and you are submit to your husband and y'all supposed to submit to one another. He's supposed to love you. He's supposed to respect him. But you don't supposed to put him above God. Amen. Nobody goes above God. And God created Amen. us to be loved, honored, and respected, not to be abused. And see, a lot of these... A lot of um, these doctrines of demons and devils and seducing spirits got these women thinking, got these men thinking that they that it's okay for them to be abused. It's often okay mm-hmm. for them to be the sacrificial lamb. The only one that mm-hmm. was a sacrificial lamb was Jesus. God didn't come to Amen. sacrifice ourselves. You know what I mean? Jesus was the sacrificial lamb. And see, I'm going to tell you, I've been in the church for 52 years. I've been preaching for 52 years. And I saw a wow. lot of horrible stuff in God's house that did not supposed to be up in God's house that's contrary to God's scriptures. See that right there? Right. And a lot of these people are taking the scriptures. And a lot of these people believing in their mind that, I, oh, I'm supposed to be abused. Oh, oh I'm supposed to um, um, submit, submit to my husband even though he's abusing me. No. The mm-hmm. Bible says he mm-hmm. hates every dishonest scale. What he says every to one, he says to the other. If he tells the wife right. to respect her husband, he tells the husband to love his wife. He, he, God's right. not um, unbounded. See the way he's not unbounded. Right. And you have to he's bring accountability. You right. have to. And see, a lot of these men and women that are in the pulpit, let me say something like this. Remember the president, he's the president of the United States of America, but he has to be um, accountable to Congress. Right there, these right. people are walking around with no accountability, and that's why they're doing what they're doing. See, the but president, once he start acting up, when the president act up, then Congress will get in and they can impeach him. See, right there, and that's right. what's going on with these right. leaders. They're not being brought to accountability. Amen. They're getting a slap on the oh. hand, a slap on the wrist. Oh, he okay. Just pray by the sister. You be all right. Don't say nothing. Just go on and submit. Mm-hmm. Just go on and pray. No, you have right. to bring accountability. God is a God of amen. accountability. Amen. Oh, amen. Uh, let me give that number one more time, and then I know Pastor Chris want to say something. If you are listening, don't forget, you do not have to give your name. You do not have to give your city or your state. You know, you can give an alias if you want to. If you have anything to say, if you want to send in a message, the number is 515-605-9873, 515-605-9873. If you want to leave a message on Facebook, if you're listening via streaming and you want to, however you want to reach out, please go ahead and do so. So, uh, Pastor Chris, we'll go ahead and we'll let you come in. Yes, ma'am. I'll keep this short and sweet. 
And <laughs> this is this is the problem with the world we live in today. See, everyone's so caught up in title and prestige. Mm-hmm. Let, let me say mm-hmm. that one more time. Title and prestige. Even if yes, you sir. moved on up like the Jeffersons and you live in a <laughs> nice home in the suburbs, mm-hmm. you still can be a victim of domestic violence. Even oh, if yeah. you have a mega church with three locations, you can still mm-hmm. be a victim of domestic violence. See, what bothers yeah. me as a man and hearing these women of God pleading and yet the title didn't phase the situation because I am a bishop and I have all these congregants. I have a mm-hmm. right to beat my wife. Negative. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. they like to twist the word and we say this all the time that religion has faults. See, if Very you much. truly had a relationship with God, you'd be a bigger man or woman to even consider putting your hand on the other party. I'm just saying, Amen. because if you truly love God, or if you truly have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to feel some kind of way, even if your mm-hmm. flesh tries to crawl up, even if mama and them three generations of abusers and all that stuff, if you tapped into the relationship of Jesus Christ, you would feel some kind of way to even consider doing it. And if you do do it, you'll be man or woman enough to say, you know what, I may be bishop so-and-so, I have churches in five locations, but however, Mm -hmm. I need to step my messed up tail down Yes, I said mm-hmm. it. You can DM me mm-hmm. later. I need to sit my big self down because my ego got bigger than what my mm-hmm. walk is supposed to be. If I'm sitting mm-hmm. here making my first lady, my queen, the one, the woman that is holding me up, supposedly, and I'm sitting her beating her down, literally, mm-hmm. then I need to mm-hmm. sit my high parts down, get somebody to take me off this pulpit and allow someone else to take the reins for a while because I need to go back to basic. I need to get with that Holy Ghost fire and I need to be purged and get this nonsense off me. But see, we can't be transparent. That's the problem. We got all this stuff going on and we don't want to deal with our issues. We don't want to kill it at the root before we become five churches in five locations, before we become the mega church pastor or the big wig pastor or bishop. We don't want to deal with our stuff. And that's why the increase. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just got a message from someone on Facebook and someone in Boston and said, they can't hear what you're saying. Can you check your mic? Uh-oh. They're saying they're 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 unable to hear you. I don't know if they're listening to Facebook or 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 uh, TPB Radio Network. But can you check your microphone, please? All right. I don't know. Thank if you they so can much for letting me know. Can no you problem. hear him now? I, okay. Let me know. Let me know if you can hear him now. 
Yeah, well, yet they missed most of it, but y'all caught all of it. So pretty much yes, to tie yes. this all together in a nice bow, if you're a man or a woman of God and you have the audacity to put your hands mm-hmm. on your spouse, you need to sit mm-hmm. your tail down. All I'm sorry. Down. You can sit here and inbox me all night long. I don't care how many churches you're ahead of. I don't care how many pastors that you have under you. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're not teaching the right thing if you have Come on the audacity here. to be one way on the pulpit, oh my God, and be another way mm-hmm. at home. See, I don't Come play on. that. See, if I got a problem with my anger, I need to deal with it. I need to be man hmm. enough and say, you know what? Let me bounce back a little bit, sit my tail, mm-hmm. happy tail down, and get myself mm-hmm. some counseling, Together. some deliverance, yeah. some prayer, go back into my closet and learn of who I am. Because some of us sometimes, ladies, some men don't know how to do that. Why? Because Amen. they've been given so many bad examples that they mm-hmm. don't know how to express themselves. So the only way My they God. feel like they are a man is to throw their Dominate. weight around mm-hmm. and try mm-hmm. to manipulate the word of God and try to manipulate it in their homes. Therefore, they're not only raping your mind, but they're raping your very essence of who you are because they feel Jesus. because they are a bishop. Uh-oh. See, we lost people now Jesus. on Facebook. <laughs> but, see, this is the truth. See, we don't want to hear the truth. This is why we have Mm-mm. issues, ladies. That's why we can't mm-hmm. handle the tough conversation because we ain't talking mm-hmm. about blessings and all that stuff. Or no, right. Well, before you can even right. get that, baby, you got to set yourself free from the nonsense that's holding you hostage. Let me drop the mic before I get in trouble. Back to you. Let my God. Stop. Oh, my God. My God. And, and Pastor Grace, I want to thank you so much for that. And you, you touched it. Uh, Apostle Wright touched it. Apostle Judah touched it. And it is the history of the abuse. Mama, you, your children, you know what I'm saying? Because even when I look at it on my mother's side, I see my mother went through it. I see I went through it. I have five sisters. All of my five sisters have been in abusive relationships. Amen. So it goes down. Thank God I don't have any of my kids that are in abusive relationships. I don't have any of my nieces or nephews. But it is in, it, it, it's a demon. It's a curse on the family. See, when we look at domestic violence, we just say, oh, it's domestic violence. No, it's a curse. There is a demon that is monitoring, that has been attached to that family to bring hurt, to bring trauma, and to even bring death to that family. So last week, the young lady I had as my, as my guest, she told me her grandmother, her mother, and herself, they went through it. You know, but there, it's funny how they went through it. And when it came to, to daughter and granddaughter, it's like no one had, had the words or the wherewithal where we could say, okay, this is the step. This is the step for you to walk out of it. Like Apostle Judah said, when she called, they told her, you have to learn 
your way out. You have to learn the signs of abuse. Don't let a man, it doesn't have to be because he's in the pulpit. Don't let any man tell you you're dumb, you're stupid, you're fat. You're ugly. No other man would ever want you because you're a nobody. Don't let any woman tell you you are mama's boy and you're a punk and you're a sissy and look at you. I'm more of a man than you. Don't stay around and take that stuff on. A lot of people will say, well, I'm strong. I can take it. You can only take so much because after a while, your psyche is going to crack. So, uh, Apostle Judah, you said you were a counselor. I'm not sure if Apostle Wright is as well. Can you just give us, from a counselor's point of view, what domestic violence, what the physical, emotional, financial, spiritual part of domestic violence, how does that affect the body? Because I talked to this, I had this lady on one time before I go, let me just say this. I had a guest, and she told me she was in such fear. She became paralyzed. She went to sleep, and she woke up. She was so fearful when she tried to move her legs, she couldn't move her legs. Someone had to come and talk to her and get her out of fear. And the minute she got the fear out of her, she was able to move. So can you just elaborate a little bit and let the people know, as counselors, what do you see and what would you recommend if somebody were to call you who's going through any form of domestic violence? If if anybody was going through any form of of domestic violence and they were, were to call me first of all I would pray for them that's number one second of mm-hmm. all I would tell them to get help whether do a pastor <laughs> or whether do um, a support group or the house of roof um, I would minister to them right mm-hmm. because domestic violence it it affects every area of your life it affects the mind mm-hmm. it, it, it causes mental illness it causes all kinds of sicknesses and diseases. And you know what? It causes a lot of your cancer. Yeah. It causes cancer. It causes death. You don't believe that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it do. It, do. It, 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 it affects the body. It causes a lot of mm-hmm. fear. It causes schizophrenia, bipolar, trauma. It's just so detrimental. And as I was doing the study, they were saying a lot of us um, black women um, go on to commit suicide. Why? And I said, God, why were black women? Because you know what? Let me say this. You have to go get counseling. People think counseling is a taboo. No, the Bible says mm-hmm. in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. God put counselors mm-hmm. on this earth to, to be a Perfect. blessing to those that need it. Every good thing comes from the Lord. You know, Amen. you have to go to counseling to get the help that you need. And it causes um, clinical depression. Mm-hmm. It causes, mm-hmm. well, with me, it caused, it caused clinical depression. I remember I said it first started with my dad. This is what I tell fathers. Mm-hmm. It has to start with the family. It starts with the father. I tell the father and the mothers, make sure you are healed because if you abuse your children, broken children grow up to be broken adults. Broken it, adults. Starts Amen. With, Amen. it starts with you raising your children up in the fear and the tender love of God. You see what I'm saying? See, when my father came home and abused the three girls and the three boys, it causes us to grow. We grew up, right, traumatized. Mm -hmm. We grew up depressed. The brothers, they went out and abused. And the sisters, we went into straight depression and anxiety. It starts with the home. And if the enemy can get the father and the mother to be um, abusive, he got it because he said those broken Mm -hmm. children, if they're not helped, 
they grow up can be mm-hmm. broken adults. So you got all these broken adults running around, broken because it started with childhood. But you know the good mm-hmm. news, Jesus said, I come to destroy the works of the devil. I come to heal. I come to deliver. I come to save you from your past. You don't have to be a victim no more. In Christ, mm-hmm. you are victorious. You're more than a conqueror. Jesus said, I come to set you free. I come to make your bitter experiences sweet. I come to heal your broken heart, bind up your wounds, set at liberty them that are bound, set the captives free, give you beauty for ashes and a garment of praise for the spirit of depression, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. indeed. I come to set you free. You don't have to live in your past. Those that are being abused and those that are abusing, because not a lot of times, not all of the time, but a lot of the times people are abusing people because they have been abused and that's what they know. But the good news is that God came to give you knowledge and come to give you the word which sets you free, which makes you mm-hmm. free. You know what I mean? You don't have to you don't have to have no excuse about why you abusing anybody because God said, I, right. I give you my word. You don't have to stay an abuser. Even though you have been abused, you don't have to stay an abuser. And even though I didn't mm-hmm. know about a loving relationship because all I knew was abuse all my life. You know what I mean? Right. It started with my dad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you go, you're not responsible for for what happened to you, but you are responsible for your own healing. Because if you get abused mm-hmm. and you don't get healed by Jesus or God using counselors and psychologists and whatever he used to bring your healing, if you don't go, then the devil going to use you to hurt other people. Hurting people hurt people. So hurt you're not people. responsible Absolutely. for what happened to you when you were young, but you are responsible for your own healing because you want to go seek out healing so you won't be used of the enemy to hurt somebody else. Amen. 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 And that is absolutely true what she said. I say broken people are like magnets. They are drawn to each other. Broken, you don't have to say anything to a person that's not broken. Just the fact that you have been broken and they are broken, you just draw to each other. You don't know why. You don't understand why until you get in there. Because when I look back, at the relationships that I had, when I look back with the relationship of my ex-husband, the brokenness that took place in his family, it was not, it was not physical. It was psychological. To, to know that your mother is a girl of the night and, and, and her dates were brought to the house, that says to a man, you know, if my mama can do this, why should I trust or respect any other women? So he has no, the first word my ex-husband will use to describe any woman is the B word. That is the first word that he will ever describe any other woman. In a way, you cannot blame him because that's what he was brought up. But at the same time, he's an adult. You should not be able to say, you know what, this, this life that I'm living the way I view women, yes, my mother was a lady of the night. That does not mean my wife or my daughter or my sisters or anything are the same thing. But when you are not healed, and so many people walking around, they just think, oh, it was 25 years ago. I'm over it. You might be over it, but it's not over you. It's still in you. And let mm-hmm. the wrong thing or the wrong person say something or do something, it triggers you. You know, you you get a trigger because my thing is this. I cannot date anyone else that that I see any kind of negative 
uh, action towards me. There is no way I would be willing to say I will marry you and you call me out of my name. You tell me I'm ugly. You know, you walk in and you see me getting dressed and you turn around and like, oh, my God, like my body just repulsed you. Do you know what that does to a victim? You know, because I came from sexual abuse. I came from molestation. I came from mental. I came from rejection from my mother. I came from physical abuse from my mother. I came from verbal abuse from my mother. I came from emotional abuse from my mother. I came from psychological abuse from my mother. And I got it from ex-husband and I got it from ex-boyfriend. So the norm for me, even though, even though you say, oh, my God, don't you get enough? I don't know any better. Or I didn't know any better. And it's not until I came to God and I'm like, you know what? I cannot be the reason why. You know, everybody have an issue, and I'm looking at it, oh, there's the issue, but I'm the common denominator. You know what I'm saying? There are six people, and six people, I get into the argument with all six people, but, but they're the problem. No, you're the problem, and I know we don't like to admit it. We don't like to take responsibility, but until you say it's me, even when we go to God and, you, and, and there's an issue, we have to say, Lord, it's me. It was my yes. big mouth, Lord. I did it. It was not my sister, Lord. I was wrong. Forgive me. Give me the strength to make it right. Until we come to accountability, there's nothing there. Pastor Chris talks about accountability all the time because it is so crucial and it is so essential to our life, especially if you're trying to get healed, if you're trying to be delivered. If you cannot say it's me, then something is wrong, and that's a narcissist. A narcissist will never say it's me. A narcissist will say, well, you made me do it or you made me act this way, but they will never say it's me. I lied. I put my hands on you first. I did. They will never say anything like that. So, again, y'all, domestic violence. I wish we had more time because this this can go so much deeper, so much deeper, because we're just talking about about the abuse from the pastor to the first lady. We're not talking about the, the people who are in the choir, who are saved, but their husbands are not saved. We're not talking about the usher board. They're, they're saved and their husbands are saved. And after church, they cannot say hi to nobody. They have to be clung to their husband or to their wife. Any brother that tried to say, hi, Sister Laban, hi, Sister, you can't say anything because they have such a hold on that person. Most abusers want to control everything you do. They want to control your eating habits. They want to control what you wear. And they don't, they're not just going to come out and say, well, I want to control how you get dressed. They'll start making comments, like my ex-husband. I have a pink skirt and a gray shirt I will keep in my closet forever, and I will keep telling that story until somebody hears it and they come to realize, honey, when they know you bad and they know they're not deserving of you, they will try to tear you down. I'm getting dressed. I put on my cute little skirt, feeling good about myself, put on my little shirt, looking good, that day was pink and gray. I was feeling fantastic. I was looking lovely. I was getting ready to, I noticed while I'm getting dressed, he's just looking at me, but he didn't say anything. And when I got in Dallas, Texas, when I got to 635 and Galloway, <laughs> somebody's probably like, oh, I know exactly where that is. I know exactly. 635 and Galloway, right before you get to Hancock Monster, my phone rang. He didn't say, hey. Are you okay? What's going on? He just said, 
that skirt you got on make you look plump. I didn't have plump. I heard fat. I heard disgusting. I heard ugly. I heard rejection. I was like, oh, my God, you mean to tell me this makes me look fat? And he would not say anything. It just makes you look plump. And I'm like, why did you wait until I am this far where I cannot turn around and go back home and change? So I'm driving, and already I'm feeling, oh, my God, inadequate. Already my self-esteem is like, oh, my God, because ain't nobody cute as cute as you think in your mind. When you think you're cute, can't nobody tell you you're not cute. And for that person that's supposed to love you, to cherish you, to honor you, to encourage, to motivate you, when they come and they say, huh, it ain't right, baby. So I'm walking, and I'm on my way to the train. I get out the car, get on the train, and I get downtown Dallas, and the cat calls I got, the whistles I got, Oh, baby, girl, you! I got so many comments that day, and that's when the light went off. Diane, it's not that you look bad. It's that you look good, and another man is going to see you and is going to tell you you look good, and what that's going to do. The way he had broken down my self-esteem, two, three men tell me otherwise it will build up my self-esteem. And this is why this is another part of abuse we, we haven't even touched, and that is in the church. That is in the church, the, the psychological abuse that are in the church. So, uh, Pastor, uh, Apostle Wanda... Apostle, <laughs> Apostle, 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 Apostle I just want you to go ahead and take a crack at it really quick at the psychological oh. abuse that comes out of the pulpit. Let's just hit that really quick to, to just open a few eyes real quick. The Bible said the power of life and death is in our tongue. Your words either gonna, can kill somebody or your words can bring forth healing. So we have to be very mindful um, that we speak words of love. We speak words that build up. We speak God's word that brings forth healing. God said, I sent my word to heal you of all your sicknesses and diseases. So the words that we speak out of our mouths, it's supposed to be words to build up, to to encourage, to comfort and console. So we just have to make sure we have to make sure that. Who we are and whose we are, and we are not what nobody says that we are. If it's negative, and we are what God mm-hmm. says we are. We are fearfully and wonderfully and incredibly made. And when He made us, when He made the animals and the trees and the seas and all that stuff, He said that was good. But when He made us, He said, "Now that is very good." good. So we just have yeah. to believe what God says about us. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I'm not going to listen to nothing what nobody else say about who, what, what everybody else say about me. I'm going to believe God's mm-hmm. report and let everybody else's report be a lie. Right. Okay, so was that Apostle Wright or <laughs> who just spoke? <laughs> that was Apostle Judah. <laughs> yeah, Apostle Judah. Okay. Apostle Wright, did you have anything to say? Amen. For the victim... They have to remember that the word of God said that they can do all things through Christ that strengthened them. And they also have to remember the word of God that says, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world, that I'm more than a conqueror. And most definitely they have to believe that God does not give them a spirit of fear, but a love power and a sound mind. Mm-hmm. And they have to cast mm-hmm. down every imagination, imagination that results in self against the knowledge of God. 
They got to pass mm-hmm. that stuff into captivity. So when he begin to tell them that you're not all that, and you don't look good, and you fat, and you all that, you got to remember the word. You got to put that word mm-hmm. on them. That I was wonderful mm-hmm. and marvelously made. You know, I can do all things. That's right. And they got to speak the word. You got to put the water, put the fire on it. Mm-hmm. And that's all know. I'm going to say. You got to. You mm-hmm. got to walk in wisdom. You got to walk in the mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, that is and, and you know what? You One thing that they have to, because I always used to tell myself that I'm going to be happy before I die. I used to prophesy. Mm-hmm. That's why the word of God says, speak those things that are not as though they were. I'm going to live, and I'm not going to die and declare the words of Amen. God. And that's for the victim. You have to speak what you want to happen. Even though you can't feel it and you don't see it, but the minute you keep speaking it and you keep speaking it, then you become it. You begin to feel mm-hmm. it, and then you will see it, and then they ain't got nothing on you no more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember I walked out of church as a minister, because one of the pastor's wives, she was running the pulpit. And here's the thing about me. If what you're saying and what the word of God say don't agree, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to agree with you. I'm going to agree with the word of God. I'm so sorry. But she said something I did not agree and the next thing, she was condemning my kids in regards to rebellion. I got up and I walked out to church. These are the things. When you start cursing people in the pulpit, when you start saying to them, if you don't do what I say, and if you don't come when I say, they were having singles night at the church and would say, if you are not married, then you need to be here. No, I don't. No, if I have a date and I want to go to the movies, I'm not going to come to the church and I, I can go to the movie. I'm not going to come to the church and, and just sit there in, in the sanctuary and I, or I can go out and, and have something to eat. It's called dating for a reason, for you to get to know one-on-one. But sometimes people will tell you how they want you to live, and they will mm. manipulate you in the pulpit. They will tell you, if you don't do this, your marriage is not going to work. If you wow. don't go here, your marriage is not going to work. I heard this pastor, he, he's gone on, uh, and his wife, she's still, well, his former wife, she's still alive. And we were supposed to go to visit another church. And that same first lady she came to that wife and she said, are y'all going to the other church? And the husband was like, no, we have something to do. And in front of the husband, she said to her, I charge you. How can you charge a man's wife when the oh. husband has said no? This is division. This is manipulation. This is psychological abuse. So now she is in a place, oh, my God, who do I, who do I obey? Do I obey uh, my uh, husband? Uh, Oh, do I obey the first lady who just told me she gave me a charge? Amen. Because once you hear the word charge, you think, oh, my gosh, Holy Spirit just spoke mm-hmm. a word, and I need to obey Holy Spirit. And if we do not know the word of God, just like you, you said, if we do not know the word of God, we will cause shipwreck 
in our own homes, not because of something we do that is in the world, but something that came across the pulpit. Parents lose their children for stuff that came across the pulpit. Marriages have gone bad because of words that came across the pulpit. So we have to be very wise. There is emotional abuse in the church. There is psychological uh-huh. abuse in the churches. There is financial abuse. When you tell me, Sister Di, I know you're not working, but the Lord told me to tell Wait, first of all, Sister Di, do you have a credit card? Yes, sir. How much is your balance on that credit? Well, sir, I, I have a low I have a low limit, only a thousand. Well, the Lord just told me to tell you so a thousand dollar seed on that credit card. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, uh-huh. but I'm not working. So now I'm gonna have because he said he loved a cheerful giver. So I'm not giving cheerfully. I'm giving in Hello. fear. So guess what? The blessing that is supposed to come, I'm not getting it. Because now I'm so worried about, oh, my God, how am I going to pay that $1,000 that I just placed on that credit card and, and the interest rate? How am I going to pay that? So now you put me in a place of even more bondage. But a lot of people, they're not going to tell you that. Amen. They'll just say, well, if the pastor say it, I'm just going to do it. No, pastor is not God. Bishop is not God. Apostle, prophet, they're not God. We have to listen to the voice of the Lord. So my thing is this. My thing is this. If God don't say it, don't do it. Now, if the, if the pastor says, we're asking for you to sow a seed, if you have it, please give it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Don't afford the Bible talks about a hoarding. We're not supposed to hoard. If, if pastors said, okay, we need a new something in the church, and I'm asking if everybody's going to cost this amount, if everybody in here can give five, ten dollars $10, would you come up? Not, you have $20. You can give 5 You can, You can give something. I'm not saying don't give. But if all you have is $10, and you say, Pastor, this $10 is all I have to put in the gas tank as I'm going home to make it to work. And he said, well, put it in there, and then God is going to bless you. And you're looking at your needle, and now you're at E. It's Wednesday. You have Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday you get paid. When you hear stuff that, it turns you against God. Because we're thinking, how can God say something so manipulative to us to get that $10 out of us. But it's not God. It's the exactly. wicked and crooked-hearted people that are in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. The church is supposed to be a place of restoration, a place of healing, a place of deliverance. The church is a place where the sick comes and they walk out of their heels. We're not supposed to come to church burdened and we leave even more heavy than we came. So I just want to thank you, first of all, Pastor Chris, for giving us the opportunity to be so candid and to be so open because I know you're going to get some emails. I know you're going to get some letters. I know they're going to come for me. I already know it, but it's okay. Jesus spoke the truth, and what did they do? They crucified him. So I'm pretty sure as we tell the truth, they're going, why you had these three women on there bashing pastors, and you yourself, you didn't even come in and try to support Mm. the brothers. It's not about that. It's about truth. It's about souls. It's about getting people delivered from this evil thing that is called domestic violence. And Pastor Chris, I'm going to give you a few minutes before we go ahead and close. 
Yeah. Um, we are the most controversial Christian radio station in the we land are. and now we are. around the world. So we are. we've been getting hate mail since the beginning back in hmm. 2015 when we first started this thing. So I'm Jeez. used to it. Now, if Jesus had to go through it, why are mm-hmm. we better than he? Than Jesus. We're not. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. have to understand that when you are talking about something that's not popular, get ready for the hate mail. Right. Because yeah. we're dealing in a culture, even in some churches, that we want all the fluff stuff and all the good things, but we don't want to go through nothing or get any correction on how to deal with it and get to the next level. See, Amen. we don't want that kind of we don't want that kind of preaching. So we will continue to deal with issues that are mm-hmm. that are plaguing our four walls of the church. Right. Even right. in our homes. Because if it's not gonna mm-hmm. be dealt with at the church, come on, ladies and gentlemen. Since, since be we are home. the church, we're mm-hmm. the church. When we leave the building, we are the church, correct? So mm-hmm. if correct. we're not going to deal with our own body or our own church, how are we going to come to the building to heal anyone else when we never healed our own body? Okay, come I'm going to stop. We ran out of time. So, uh, <laughs> Apostle, thank you so much for allowing me to have the floor. Your your wisdom is second to none, and I'm quite sure Amen. that people want to know how to get in touch with you and also to our other sister that's on here. God bless you. Thank you so much for allowing me to have the floor. So I am Pastor Chris, and I am out. God bless you. <laughs> Amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Chris. Yeah, Apostle Judah, that was going to be my next thing. I was going to ask you to give uh, last few words on abuse in the church and just let the people know where your church is located. Hopefully there's somebody in Baltimore listening that needs a church home that can come and visit. Amen. Um, Well, my last words is Jesus is the answer and the cure for those that are being abused, and those that are abusing, if we cry out to Jesus, Jesus will bring forth the healing, Jesus will bring forth the deliverance, and Jesus will make all things new. Amen. Amen. Oh, blessed be the name of God. If we come to him and we cry out to him and we desire deliverance, God will come, heal, and God will come and deliver. Um, I can be reached on 443-676-0900. Four four three six seven six zero nine zero zero. I also can be heard on Spirit fourteen hundred um, every Saturday from two thirty to three o'clock. Um, you can download Amen. Spirit fourteen hundred um, every Saturday um, from two thirty to three o'clock. And my email address is Judah J U D A H B S and Boy A R U C H one two three at gmail dot com. Amen. Amen. Uh Apostle Wright, same thing. Can you give us a last few words? And uh 
just let the people know how they can reach you if they need you. Amen. I just want to say thank you. I believe it's Pastor Chris, and and thank you also, Pastor. You know, for being for being open in this season for domestic violence, and for Amen. God even using Apostle Judah, you know, with her wisdom and her experience. You know, and for mm-hmm. us to let women know that there is a way out. You know, Amen. and you only stay in it as long as you want to be in it. Because you can come out after tonight, anytime you want sure to. Can. And they sure can reach can. me at 443-922-4837. And mm-hmm. my email address is, I just got a new email address for Bear with me for one moment. Amen. Yes, I just got a new email address. My husband did something. Amen. <laughs> I thank God he's a man of God. Amen. Amen. Yes, I thank God for that one. Yes. My my email address is... I'm going to get this together one day. It is car, C-A-R... It is C A R R W R I G H T one fifty nine at gmail dot com. Amen. Amen. Do you have any uh, other closing words? Do I have any other words? Yes, ma'am. Do you have like uh? So that's how they can reach you and. Yes. Your church, where you where your church, do you want to give the address of the church? Right now, we are not in a building right now. So when okay. we do, because I'll be getting on this line if it's okay, then I'll give you the, if, or I'll give it to Apostle Judah. Okay, okay. Fantastic, okay. fantastic. Amen. Okay. Amen. Okay, you guys, I just want to say thank you for listening. Uh, I have my friend Barbara listening from uh, Fort Lauderdale. Hey, Barbara, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, I don't know who else, wherever you are listening, I want to say I thank you. Domestic violence is universal. Domestic violence does not care what your color is. It does not matter what your title is. It does not matter what your economic status is. It does not matter what position you hold. You've heard it here, whether it be in law enforcement, whether it be economics, in education, in media. It does not matter. Domestic violence is everywhere. You may think domestic violence cannot nor will not affect you. But I want you to think of this. You grew up in a prestige household. You brought up your children the same way. You go to, and there is little Mikey who grew up in a home where daddy was beating on mom or mom beating on dad, manipulation. And now your pretty little girl has hooked up with Mikey all of a sudden. Your baby girl come home with a black eye or Mikey come home and you trying to figure out what happened. What has happened is domestic violence just introduced itself to you, although you never saw it. 
although you've never been through it. But they picked up somebody at school. They picked up somebody at church. They picked up somebody at the mall. They picked up domestic violence somewhere. And now it is at your front door. Do not remain quiet or remain silent because you do not have to suffer in silence. The worst thing you can do, you heard uh, Apostle Wanda said it, you heard Apostle Judah said it, the, the last thing you can do, the worst thing is keep it quiet. You have got to open your mouth, you have got to say something. And I know they've made domestic violence so taboo, they make domestic violence look like if you are a woman and you are being abused or you're weak. If you are a man and you're being abused, oh, my God, you're definitely not a man. And because of that, we remain in a place of solitude. We remain in a place of hurt. We remain in a place of brokenness. And that is exactly where the devil wants us to be. So he can continue pounding on us, making us feel less than what God have called us to be, keeping us out of our purpose, keeping us out of our destiny. We are crying out to you today, myself, Pastor Chris, Apostle Judah, Apostle uh, Wright, we are saying to you, please, if you are in an abusive relationship, get out quick. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go. Find a way to learn about what you're going through. We don't have time to tell you everything, what you're going through, because we're not in the house with you. But you know how he talks to you. You know he pushes you. You know he slapped you before. You know he's choked you before. You know how he called you. You know how many women have he slept on you with? How many men have she brought to your house? How many times have she disrespected you? You know. What is going on in your household and you've got to get out because the longer you stay, it becomes like quicksand. You will sink deeper and deeper. And the reality is, as much as we are crying out to tell victim, please open your eyes, arise, open your ears, the reality is not everyone is going to make it out. Ever since we've been on this call, on this show, we've lost few women. We've lost women. We've lost women. We've lost women. Amen. Because we are here and, and, and we're, we're trying to do our part. But some of them never heard the call. Some of them never understood. Some of them was in a place where they have been so beaten and so tormented they are afraid they are ashamed. They don't know what to do. Amen. I want to say thank you to oh, my sister, Olin Toby, who is listening on Facebook. Thanks, sis. I appreciate that. Uh, anybody else who's listening, I want to thank God. Irene, if you, whoever's listening, you guys, thank you in my inner circle. Thank you for, for being there. I want to encourage your heart. I want to let you guys know Jesus loves you. I want to let you know that God has loved you so much that he has sent Jesus to die for you. Never do we end a show without having an altar call. So because of who our guest speaker is, Apostle Judah, would you do our altar call, please? 
Amen. Amen. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus loved the world so much that he died for the world. He didn't come to condemn the world, but he came to save the world. And Jesus is calling you. He said, come unto me, all that are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest for your soul. Learn of me because my yoke is easy, says God, and my burden is light. So come to Jesus while you have time. Jesus wants you to come. He wants to make your life brand new. He wants to heal you, deliver you, save you, set you free, redeem you from the hands of the enemy, give you eternal life, give you all of him. Amen. He wants all of you. Amen. He wants to make something wonderful out of your life. Um, Confess to the Lord that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. Ask the Lord to come into your heart. Ask the Lord to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And then ask the God to lead you to a church to pastors after his own heart that will feed yes. you knowledge with understanding and equip you for the work of the ministry. Come to Jesus because God knows he loves you so much that he died for you and he wants you to be saved. Amen. Oh, blessed be the name of God. So come to him. Praise Amen. Oh, Praise blessed Jesus. be the name of God. Praise. Pastor Chris, sir, do you have any closing words? Uh. No, because if I get started, we're going to be here for another hour. So I'm going to bow to the women of God that already laid it down. All I can say is in closing that there is victory over every weight of your life if you allow God to be God. In your life, hang up Amen. religion and embrace relationship with the one true Amen. God. And his name Amen. is Jesus Christ. And I yield yeah. the floor. Amen. 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 Again, you guys, I know, like Pastor Chris said, we can go on. I know the apostles, they can go on. I know they have stories to tell. I can tell you so much about me. Amen. I'm pretty sure I can find somebody who would be willing to, that we can go on and on and on about domestic violence. In the 31 days of October, I can have someone here every day. Amen. And the the worst story you think you'll hear tomorrow, someone will have the worst. And then some, and amen. And it, it, it just goes on and on. Our world is broken. Amen. Our world is broken. Our men and our women are broken. But Jesus is the one that can put and take all this brokenness. He can put us back together. Amen. There's a thing about Humpty Dumpty. He said when Humpty Dumpty fell on the wall, he had a great fall, and all the king's men could not put Humpty Dumpty back together. The reason why Humpty Dumpty never got put back together, they asked the king's men, but they never asked the king of kings and the lord of lords to put him back together. I don't care how broken you are. I don't care how sad you are. I don't care how lonely you feel. I don't care how alone you feel. I want you to know this. There is no day that have ever gone by that Jesus was not right there by your side. On your worst day, he loves you. I want you to come to the realization every ugly thing 
that was said to you to destroy your self-worth, to destroy your self-value, to destroy who God has called you to be. If their words is not echoing Psalms 139 that says you are fearfully and you're wonderfully made, if the, if the word that they tell you is not telling you that you are the apple of God's eyes, if the word that they're telling you is not telling you God have your name written in the palm of his hands, if those are not the words that you are hearing, I want you to shut them down. Shut them down, shut them down. And I want you to incline your ears unto what God says about you. And you may say, well, Diane, how do I know? What God says about me, pick up the B-I-B-L-E. Let that be the book that leads you, that guides you into all truth, that teaches you what it means to be righteous, to be holy. Church, Jesus is coming back. And we have got to get ready. We have got to be prepared. And we are here to spread the gospel because in the last book of Ma- the last chapter of Matthew he said go ye into all the world and preach the gospel and that's what we're doing we don't want you to be hurt now and we definitely don't want you to not be caught up when Jesus comes back so we're saying all this to let you know God loves you and we love you until we meet again you guys don't forget go to my website lubrandbooks.com there you can find all of my books if you want to uh email me you can email me right from there uh next week guys we already have another speaker next week and the week after that praise was asking for a man and the lord send us a man so for the month of october you guys stay tuned Please go to tpvradionetwork.com, give the show a like and a follow, so every time we come on, you can get the notification. Apostle Judah, Apostle Wright, Pastor Chris, I want to thank you guys so much for being here. Mighty God, we thank you. Mighty God, we bless you. Mighty God, you are so awesome. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. Mighty God, whoever is listening right now, would you stretch out your mighty hand to them? Only you yes, can God. remove the hurt in our soul. Only you mm. can deliver us, God, and set us free. We're asking, yes, God, God, that you do a right now work in our lives. A right yes, now God. work, mighty God. Reveal yourself to the people. Let them know that you have loved them with an everlasting love. Let them know that you sent Jesus, that the life that they're living, they are not supposed to be living that life. So, God, God, we thank you, we honor you, you, we bless you, and we praise you, and we give you all the glory that is due unto your name. So next Tuesday, God's will, same time, same place, same station. If the rapture does not take place between now and next Tuesday, we will see you again. Until then, good night, good morning, good evening. So walk with me, family. Let's go. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Radio. Radio.
Colleen, Texas.